Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Stephen Brannan. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. This is a remarkable Sunday in our calendar. We see so many things happening. This is the beginning of our Holy Week, the holiest week of the year for us, and the most substantial chunk of services and of content that we have for the whole year. The prayers that we pray, the hymns that we sing, the actions and rites that we perform are all part of one holistic drama. <clears throat> and it begins in large part today. This is the day we call Palm Sunday because palms, of course. We decorate our church with palms. We bless them. We take them home and put them in our homes because we are emulating what we heard in the gospel read before our procession with palms today, which is that when Jesus, coming into Jerusalem, was met by a crowd of people who were laying their cloaks down on the ground in front of him so that even the donkey on which he was riding didn't have to step on the dust. They were littering the ground with their cloaks and with branches that they had pulled off the trees in order to make a makeshift carpet on the very ground on which Jesus was walking, or in fact riding in this case. So we emulate that as a way of saying, we want to be like those, um, those people, the disciples, and especially the children, who with angelic voices began the chant, the prayer, Hosanna in the highest, <clears throat> a chant of praise and thanksgiving to God. We want to be the kind of people who have hearts like those children, um, going before the Lord to usher him into Jerusalem, which in the church we know to be the church itself. So that's why we call today Palm Sunday. That's the deal with all the palms. But then that's not the longest scripture that we heard today, is it? The longest gospel passage that we heard follows after the Palm Sunday passage, the, the passage about Jesus entering Jerusalem with all the palms. We heard the story about Jesus being apprehended um, five days later in the garden, about his disciples abandoning him, about him being set before a, a vicious court um, among his own people and then being brought before the governor of the invading people, all of whom ended up conspiring to beat him, strip him, mock him, and then nail him to a tree until he died. This is the story of Holy Week. We begin with exaltation, hosannas, waving palm branches, joy, and we end on Good Friday with, well, that story. And on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we read the various gospel passages that describe that whole story of Jesus' abandonment in the garden, his um, trial, persecution, his passion, we call it, and his death. What a strange story this is for us Christians. 
there's a habit that I've uh, seen among some Christians in the world to um, somewhat downplay the negatives. This isn't this isn't all around, but I, I have seen this this tendency, and it's a little worrying. There's a, a hashtag, and um, it, I think it flows from a, a, a poem online read with a lot of pathos and enthusiasm that describes the events of Good Friday, but then the refrain is repeated, it's only Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's only Friday, but Sunday is coming. As if to diminish what Good Friday accomplishes. In fact, it's on Good Friday that Jesus says the words, it is accomplished. What is accomplished? That is the lesson of Holy Week. What is accomplished? And because there's been so much this morning already, so much to take in with all of the readings, with all the rites and the prayers and everything, and because there's, you know, all of this is in our minds and we have to try to remember it, to uh, hold it all together as a piece and a whole. To enter into this, our minds are trying to deal with all of this content. So instead of the three-point sermon that I was instructed to, um, would be the the most effective type of sermon in college, I'm going to limit this one to just one point. I want to make one single point today in this sermon. And that is that what Jesus is doing, beginning today on Palm Sunday, and accomplishes on Good Friday is an offensive. It is not a defensive move. There is no defense and there is no um, defeat. This is an offensive military move. Jesus, when he enters Jerusalem, is entering as a conquering army. I'll tell you what I mean. When he rides in on a donkey and the cult of a donkey, he is enacting a prophecy from the ninth chapter of Zechariah. He knew about this prophecy. This is why he did it. Now, he still was able to do it miraculously, so it's not like this was a a grand staged sort of thing that he made a lot of preparations for uh, just to make a point. He did want to make this point. He did intend this. This was on purpose. But he still achieved it miraculously by uh, acquiring the donkey and the cult of a donkey through a miraculous foresight. When he sent his disciples ahead of him to say, uh, you'll find these two animals here, and someone will say to you, what are you doing? And then you say to them, the Lord needs it. And they'll say, okay, go ahead. He He foresaw all of that, and it was as he predicted that it would be. And so this donkey and the cult of a donkey were brought to him. And when he rides on this donkey into Jerusalem, this is what he wanted people to think about. Beginning in verse 9 of the ninth chapter of the prophet Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he. Humble and riding on a donkey on the cult of a foal of a donkey. This is the Lord speaking through the prophet here. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace 
to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is this king that is prophesied, who is both triumphant and victorious, but also humble. He's demonstrating through his humility how God conquers. But unless you think God conquers through meekness and just, you know, demonstrating his um, humility in a way that would make everyone say, oh, this is exactly what we need. We need this humble king. We don't have long before we see that the crowd turns against him and the rulers of the people and the rulers of the government, and they put him to death. So how is this an offensive? How is Jesus a warrior coming in humbly riding on a donkey? Well, he is accomplishing something, a victory, in a way that only God can accomplish it. He is doing something, showing the power of God that no man could ever accomplish. Later in that same prophecy, a few verses down, God says that when he comes to lift Jerusalem up, when he comes to save the people, he says, I will set your captives free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today, I declare that I will restore to you double. What does he say to the thief next to him on the cross? Today, you will be with me in paradise. The thief is dying and is without hope. And Jesus provides him hope. On Holy Saturday, we believe what Peter describes in his epistle. That Jesus descended into hell and led captivity captive. He freed the prisoners that were there. This is the offensive that Jesus begins on Palm Sunday. He starts this action through riding on a donkey into a city. As the days progress, he accomplishes what he means to accomplish by entering the realm of the dead, of the hopeless, of the prisoners. How else is he able to enter that realm to show up and see the prisoners as they are, just like he entered our world so that we could see him as we are, embodied people. He also has to show up to rescue the prisoners in hell as they are, a disembodied soul. The only way he can accomplish that is to be put to death. He is doing everything he does this week on purpose. This is his offensive. It's a plan. It's a strategy. Jesus is not a passive actor in this. We call this the passion because he does suffer, but he suffers at his own plan. This is his strategy. To enter into our hopelessness in the very bottom of our existence, in the place where we had no hope, in the place where we had no body to exhibit what strength that sometimes we think we can exhibit to show in our bodies. When we are without body, when we are hopeless, souls at the mercy of whatever the environment is around us, Jesus enters as a powerful soul and rescues those people. 
Then, on Sunday, he proves what he has accomplished by taking up his own body again, recreating its nature in what we could call a resurrection nature. It has continuity with what he had already created, but it's a new kind of life. This is what we are inaugurating today on this Palm Sunday. This is the mission of Jesus. It's an offensive, and he cannot lose. He could never lose. He is the creator. No creation could ever, ever, ever win against him. No creation that fights against him, no creation that runs from him, no creation that thinks something other than him might be its best end. He destroys the fighting. He destroys the running. He destroys the confusion. He shines light in darkness. He convinces the confused. He rescues and gives hope to the hopeless. Jesus Christ is on an offensive this week. If we're ever tempted to think that this was a sort of defeat, which God had to then exercise a special power to reverse. We're not understanding Jesus' purpose. This is no defeat. This is a victory. Jesus rides in as a victor, knowing exactly what's going to happen this week. On Good Friday, we will uncover these icons, and we will uncover that cross back there. We will see Jesus, the victor, reigning from the cross, the throne which he planned to show us, lifted like the snake in the desert on the pole which Moses showed the people, to show us who is our health. When we look upon him, we gain life. So this week, that's my one point I want to make. I want that to be the context that you think when all of our passion readings are read throughout the first few days, when we are uh, learning about the institution of the Eucharist, about the mandate to serve others. And on Good Friday, when we actually see Jesus nailed to the cross, died and put in the tomb. This is his offensive against those powers that would have robbed us from any hope and from our life. This is a rescue mission. He rescues the prisoners. He leads captive, captivity captive, and he sets us free. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.